0: And we learn things, we researchers learn things that can be then useful for other researchers that work in other completely unrelated diseases like, I don't know, cancer, uh, diabetes, whatever.
1: Fellow homo sapiens. Now, the epilepsies can be simply horrific. But what can help some of us to keep going is the realistic hope and excitement brought on by neuroscience, genetics, biomedical engineering, and actually so many other subjects combined. Today here Jordi Duran from IQS Barcelona explained to us his exciting research into the ultra rare epilepsy LaFora disease, the challenges he faces, plus how funding for research into Lafora disease can actually lead to discoveries that benefit those affected by other diseases too, like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's disease. I'm
0: Dr. Jordi Duran, Jordi, and, and I'm from Barcelona and I'm a researcher, I'm a scientist, so I do biomedical research on on how the brain works and and on conditions in which the brain deteriorates especially in rare diseases.
1: Okay and so it makes complete sense I guess then that you have an interest in the rare epilepsies.
0: Yes especially because among these diseases maybe the one that I uh, study with more um, um, interest is Lafora disease which is a a rare um, condition that is characterised by the presence of uh, severe epileptic phenotypes. so, yeah, that's quite what connects me to research on epilepsy.
1: And how rare uh, is Lafora disease?
0: Lafora disease is a, a rare disease. It's, a, it's a, what it's called an ultra-rare disease. So very few people in the world have this disease, fortunately, because it's, it is a, a very traumatic and severe disease. So I, I would say that maybe it affects... It's hard to estimate because it's, since, it's, since it's such a rare disease, it's hard to estimate. But the numbers would be every one people in a million, so wow. you, yes it's, we think that now in Spain we have eight to ten to ten uh, cases, probably a few hundred in in all the world, so it's an ultra rare disease, so you know that a rare disease is when it affects two people every ten thousand in laforage one per million so it's a ultra rare disease Uh,
1: it's a disease based upon a genetic mutation
0: yeah it it is a genetic disease as you as you were saying so it's uh yeah it's inherited so it's actually it's a particular case of a genetic disease because there are two genes that can be affected and mutations in one or the other gave exactly the same disease so yeah one is called malin the other one is called laforin but uh mutations in these two genes give the exact uh, same disease which is uh lafora disease
1: from what little i know of this it's a it's a really to be honest, well, well, <laughs> epilepsies are never joyful to put it politely. Anyway, but this is a pretty severe form of the epilepsies, and not just seizures, but other symptoms. Could you tell us about that, please?
0: I mean, the first dramatic thing about the disease is that it affects children. So it, the onset is normally people around fourteen, fifteen years old, and then uh, the thing is that epileptic seizures is only the first symptom. So normally the start, the the disease starts by. Uh, epileptic seizures, but then uh, the, the the disease progresses very rapidly, and then these kids uh, start having all sorts of n- neurological problems, and and eventually they stop being able to talk, stop being able to walk, and and become bedridden, and all the time have they have these uh, long ep- epileptic seizures. At, at the end, they become in a status epilepticus, so they are almost sitting all the time. So it is a, a very dramatic and aggressive disease, and yeah, unfortunately there is no treatment for it. So uh, these uh, kids that suffer the disease normally die five to ten years after the first uh, symptoms. So yeah, it is a terrible disease.
1: So it's basically a death sentence upon diagnosis, correct?
0: Yeah, so uh, far it is.
1: So far, yeah. And... Uh, it's. I think I read also that the symptoms, other than seizures, tend to be or resemble dementia.
0: Yeah, I mean, this, the, the brains of these patients deteriorate very fast. So not only because of the seizures that also affect the brain and can, you know, um, and deteriorate, deteriorate it, but also this, as I was saying, these uh, kids suffer from uh, dementia, which so was from a progressive neurodegeneration. So at some point they undergo dementia. So they have what is called child dementia. Of course, we, we when we think about dementia, we think about old people, but in this case, uh, there is also there are also kids that have uh, dementia because they have other these diseases or others. That um, so yeah, it is what they undergo dementia. So the brain progressively deteriorates and they lose functions every time they lose more and more functions, and as I was saying, at some point, eventually they stop being able to do normal things like talking, walking, uh, and at the end they become bedridden and still they have these dramatic seizures all the time. So yeah, again, it's a, it's a very aggressive disease.
1: But I think there is a slight, if one could say, a slightly positive uh, thing to say in, in this episode and that is you've been involved for quite a while now in research regarding this rare epilepsy. Could you tell us about that, please?
0: Yeah, we. I mean, we and other groups uh, have been studying the disease for for some years now. And when we actually, when we started working on Lafora disease, we knew nothing. I mean, there was nothing about the disease. So it, the disease had been discovered at the beginning of the last century by uh, Spanish doctor Santiago Rodriguez uh, Lafora. That's why it's called Lafora disease. So Lafora identified that there were kids that were dying with for, for because of this uh, disease but uh, the reason why this kid had this uh, neurological condition it was not clear so some years ago we, we and other groups started uh, started trying to understand what was the disease what is the cause of the disease and we and others other groups could identify the problem what the, what what is the problem in lafora disease and the problem is that the brain accumulates uh, a substance that is called glycogen that is a normal component of the brain but when it is accumulated in, in excess it this accumulations make the brain deteriorate so um with this uh, again not only my group but other groups um found like a target you know what when we when you have a disease you need a target that you can treat right you need a drug what we call draggable target you need to find a target and then you need to find a drug for the target so some years ago we identified the problem and since then we have been trying to find a solution for the problem but at least uh, we can say that in a, in a few years, we have advanced very much in the knowledge of the disease. So we we went from knowing absolutely nothing to n- knowing what to treat, and now we are trying to um, generate uh, actual treatments for the disease.
1: And could you give us an example of where you are in um, in identifying treatments? And yeah, what stage are you at?
0: So, for instance, uh, what again? What we identified is that the problem is that the uh, uh, brains of these patients accumulate a lot of this molecule called glycogen so we understood that if we could get rid of this glycogen the disease would improve at least that's what we were expecting and we actually demonstrated that this is the case so um, uh, another group take, took advantage of uh, a, a drug that is already available for um for a disease for a different disease that is called Pompe disease and, and uh, checked if this uh, drug could also be beneficial for uh, patients with Lafora disease, uh, they did that on, on uh, animal models, and it worked. Now, uh, the, actually, the first patient in the world is being treated with this drug. Uh, the problem is that this drug is not specifically designed for Lafora disease, so it has, um, it, 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 we, we still don't know at to what extent it will be uh, effective, but at least now the first patient in the world is actually being treated for Lafora disease with a drug this what is called repurposed so the drug was aimed at another disease but now um, uh, doctors are checking if uh, this drug is will also be will also be beneficial for uh, lafora disease patient how far through that are we in terms of this drug again this has been in the drug for um, several months now and and it's hard to say but uh, it looks like it is working so the problem with this drug is is that it's not designed for uh, for the brain so you know when we want to treat the brain There is an extra, so treating any tissue or or organ is difficult, Mm -hmm. and designing drugs to treat diseases is always difficult, but the brain is especially difficult because we have a brain. Between the brain and and the rest of the the body, you have the the blood-brain barrier, so the drugs that you design for the muscle maybe will not go into the brain because there is this barrier. So. Uh, this is probably the, the problem with this drug that uh, it probably won't, won't cross the blood-brain barrier uh, very easily. So, but still, it seems that some is it's crossing, and that there is an amelioration of the of the disease in this patient. It looks like it's still soon uh, to know. Also, the fact that it's only one one patient being treated makes also the comparison very difficult. You don't have other patients to compare how fast they evolve. But yeah, the results seem to be promising, and and yeah, talking to um, uh, her mother, she's quite confident that the that the treatment is working. So yeah, we'll see. And and now, of course, we are trying to uh, find ways to make this drug more accessible to the brain, so and to make it reach the brain better, so that it will be, it will work better. We will fight this glycogen. Uh, better
1: and in terms of the all of this work that you've been doing i understand that you've discovered things that could be beneficial for um use of treatment in other diseases is that right yeah it
0: is right in in the sense that that when you i mean it's important to understand that when you study a, a, a particular disease you um you um establish knowledge and you get knowledge and 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 uh, um, pathological mechanisms that can maybe be applied to other diseases so my, what I mean is that by studying one disease, not only you, um, you know, benefit for the treatment of that particular disease, but for other diseases. And uh, studying Lafora disease, we have learned, for in, for instance, that, that accumulating glycogen is bad for the brain. So, I, and we have found other conditions in which uh, the brain accumulates uh, more glycogen than than expected. So, for instance, we have recently published a, a, a paper in which we show that again, in, an, in animal models that, that uh, for instance, another condition, another neurodegenerative condition, ALS, lateral sclerosis. So there is also accumulation of glycogen in the brain and, and spinal cords of ALS uh, animal models. If we prevent that, the disease progresses uh, uh, more uh, slowly. So it seems that this pathologic mechanism that we have found for LaFora disease could also play a role in other conditions. So could also be, again, a target that we could try to drug in other conditions like ALS, but also in conditions like Alzheimer's disease or or Parkinson's disease. So in many other neurodegenerative conditions, celiacusin might also play a role. So the drugs that we're designing for LaFora might be also useful to, you know, slower the progression of other neurodegenerative conditions like ALS, Alzheimer's, etc. Amazing. So, yeah... and, and also, uh, uh, by understanding what happens in LAFORA and how this accumulation of glycogen induces epileptic, uh, epilepsy, we could also learn from what is epilepsy and from what are the mechanisms that drive epilepsy in other, in other diseases. So, But I, that, I would say, is not something particular to the research on LAFORA disease. So every, all the research that we do in different diseases are connected you know and we learn things we researchers learn things that can be then useful for other researchers that work in other completely unrelated diseases like I don't know cancer uh, diabetes whatever you know so research is always connected and we learn from each other a lot
1: and this is a wonderful example in my opinion of why clinicians and researchers who don't necessarily right now focus on the epilepsies should actually be interested in epilepsy research and of course in this particular case lephora disease and wow i just yeah i just think it's really exciting a huge thank you to geordie for sharing with us the exciting work that he and his team are doing behind the scenes providing those affected by the currently fatal ultra rare genetic epilepsy lephora disease realistic hope Do check out the charity Chelsea's Hope if you'd like to learn more about Lefora disease. Plus, there are links to Geordie's work on the website toryrobinson.com. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook or Instagram. And I'd love to hear from you if you have any thoughts about today's show. Please subscribe to Epilepsy Sparks Insights on your podcast app so that you will never miss the weekly episode. I'm Tori Robinson. Thanks for listening.